Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Because we use what used to be called common sense, but is now uncommon sense here on the podcast, we can oftentimes look back and see that what we said back then turned out to be entirely correct. I, I don't say that to boast or, or in a negative spirit, just to illustrate that truth fits together like a puzzle. It is when things don't make a lot of logical sense that you usually know that you should look and see where you went wrong. <laughs> that's, that's my experience anyway. And with that said, the pandemic is now over and, and we can look back and see, you know, see where we were on the right track, or we can look back and see that, you know, maybe we need to learn something. But, you know, during COVID, we called for children to not be required to wear masks at school. And we chronicle an article from opb.org from November of last year that read, students at Reynolds Middle School went back to distance learning earlier this month. So they they were distance learning, you know, at home uh, on Zoom or whatever. Then they went back to school and then they went back home again <laughs> earlier in the month because Reynolds Superintendent Dana Diaz uh, said the move will ensure Reynolds Middle School has the necessary social-emotional supports and safety protocols in place to provide a safe learning environment for all students. Reynolds is not alone in facing challenges related to student behavior and delays in social-emotional learning after more than a year of online school. Joni Tolton is uh, the uh, Senior Programs Administrator for Student Services for the Multnomah Education Service District. She says she's heard about similar programs from teachers and administrators all over the state. Having been in a distance learning type of school for over a year and a half, all students are, are struggling between what used to uh, what we used to expect as a certain age versus where they are now. Now, Tolton said a fourth grade teacher is now seeing children that may physically be fourth graders, but that in their social emotional learning, they're still working at a second grade level. Tolton said that these delays are often reflected in student behavior. Quote, often children use the their behavior as a tool to to communicate. Ch children are showing through their behavior that they're struggling. And it's not just one district. I think you could safely guess that it's throughout our state. So, so they literally had to call off school here because kids did not know how to behave with each other. This is a shining example of the damage that we have done and are doing to our children in this country. This is all about, this is all being done in the name of safety from COVID. There is no reason that healthy kids should be doing these, these ridiculous things, right down to wearing 
of the masks in school. We are we are doing damage to our children. NPR.org in January uh, uh, 28th of this year uh, said that Carrie Dingle is a mother of two. She thinks masks should be optional for kids in schools and daycare. And that makes her feel pretty lonely in Silver Springs, Minnesota. <laughs> Quote, as soon as you question, uh, is a good idea to put a two-year-old in a mask all day? You are suddenly a psychotic anti-vax right winger, she says, which really couldn't be further from the truth. Dingle says she loves vaccines and thinks everyone should should have them. And, and the fact that the that that high risk people can protect themselves with vaccines and boosters now is fantastic, and meets and means that that they should they should do just that, and we should stop burdening little kids with protecting other people. Boy, that's a great statement, isn't it? Her three-year-old son is in a preschool that mandates masking, although the children are almost always outdoors. He keeps the the cloth masks on, but he sucks on them and he chews holes through them, she says. Really, within five minutes of him putting it on, it's wet. Her six-year-old son, a first grader, has a tick disorder that she says is exasperated by a mask. He makes facial movements that, that pull it down, and he, he kept getting in trouble for for it during uh, and, until, until his mom asked uh, his uh, pediatrician for a letter explaining that, but, but she says the teacher still corrects him all day long. Across the country, about two-thirds of large school districts currently require students to wear masks. Most commonly, those masks are cloth. The cloth masks, experts say, are insufficient to contain the spread of the COVID virus. Where one goes with those two pieces of, in, of information is increasingly a pandemic Rorschach test. <laughs> I mean, for some, the answer is obvious. Upgrade masks, stricter rules, and upgrade masks. On January 21st, the Los Angeles Unified School District, the nation's largest school district, updated its mask policy to include cloth masks, or actually to exclude cloth masks. California has distributed tens of millions of N95 masks and kid-sized KN95 masks to schools. And in districts as as disparate as, as Boston, Denver, and and uh, Round Rock, Texas, students, student activists have been uh, demanding uh, respirators in the name of safety. For others, well, restricting school masking um, along with, with other pandemic restrictions um, maintain a largely political stance. For example, the newly elected Republican governor of Virginia wasted no time in ending the state's school mask mandate by executive order, setting off a fury of opposition. What's different about this movement is that there is a third camp, kind of interesting, call them pro-vaccine anti-mask, and they're getting louder. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, and the American Academy of Pediatrics continue to recommend universal masking in schools as they have since the start of the pandemic. Yet some 
um, neurologists, uh, special educator, teachers, and parents uh, like like Dingle are are talking more about potential negative impacts of prolonged masking. Even masks uh, 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 proponents acknowledge the the difficulties of masking children. Others are questioning the fairness of continuing to require masks for children indefinitely, especially when they are less often required in many other places that adults gather, such as restaurants and bars. And, and good masks are hard to find. Jeremy Howard, a, a, a data scientist, is the lead author of a widely cited review of evidence uh, supporting masking against the, the, the coronavirus. He thinks schools should absolutely continue to mandate masks, citing the still emerging evidence and science of long COVID. Uh, his issue is, is that good masks are rare. It's very hard to even find pediatric KN95s or uh, KF94s. And there's no such thing as a, as a pediatric N95. That's because standards for N95 masks were created for occupational and workplace safety, according to the Food and Drug Administration. N95 respirators are not designed for children. A proper fit cannot be achieved on children. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right? Howard's read of the evidence is that cloth and even surgical masks are much less useful against COVID or, you know, anything that's not airborne, right? Yet, while there are some, you know, recommendations and high quality uh, child-sized respirators on, on the market, many, he added, are of lower quality than the adult versions. They work much less well most of the time, he says. Oh, yeah. It's a huge issue. Kids are being left unprotected. Danny Benjamin is a uh, uh, pediatrician with uh, Duke University and the ABC Science Collaborative, which has long advised school districts that that masking can be highly effective against the COVID spread. If you're in a school district that masks, the risk of COVID is much less at school than it is outside school because school is one of the few places where people actually enforce mitigation measures. But in his view, while respirators offer superior protection, mandating them for children is impractical. Some kids find them uncomfortable. They may not fit small face as well, and they need to be replaced often. For the nation's 55 million school children, Benjamin says, now we're talking about 100 million masks that you're mandating each week. And that's kind of the best case scenario where you reused most of them and no child ever loses their mask or no child ever soils their mask, which I don't know what planet you're from if you believe that. It's hard for children to wear masks properly. Teachers and parents often report that proper wearing uh, mask wearing is is difficult and requires constant reinforcement by teachers. That's especially true for young children and those with special needs. Bernadette No, uh, who runs uh, an in-home daycare in in West Haven, Connecticut, spends uh, time almost every day sitting down with children and telling them why masks are impo- important. She calls it the biggest challenge 
what we do, we do with all the kids that we are uh, that are unable to wear the mask and stay with the mask. Brittany Gonzalez teaches special education in Florida uh, to second and third graders in Lee County. Her students aren't required to wear masks. Those who do take it off all day, she said. It's it's a it's a foreign piece of cloth on their face. And not all of them have the level of understanding as to why we're doing it and what it means and how to wear it. And I would say to that, you're wearing it to show how woke you are. Nothing more. I mean, you, you can tell a lot about somebody, particularly now, if they're wearing a mask. Masks can interfere with young children's brain development. Numerous scientific papers have established that it can be harder to hear and understand speech and identify facial expressions and emotions when people are wearing masks. (laughs) Some of these studies also suggest workarounds, which many practitioners are using. These are critical development tasks, particularly for children in the first three years of life. The United States is an outlier in recommending masks from the age of two years old. The World Health Organization does not recommend masks for children under age five, while the European equivalent of the CDC doesn't recommend them for children under age 12. Manfred Spitzer is a psychiatrist um, and a uh, cognitive neuroscientist in Germany. He um, published a science review of evidence on how masking could impact children's development. Spitzer says the negatives of masking are particularly clear for the very young children. He believes that young children caregivers uh, should be unmasked as well. Kids need to train up their face recognition, he says. And they need to see full faces to learn the, uh, to identify emotions as well as to, you know, learn language. Babies were never designed to just see the upper half of the face and to infer the lower half. Even adults have a hard time doing this. Masks can, can make it harder to hear and understand speech. Carrie Dingle, again, the, the mother in, in Silver Spring. Uh, she says that her nearly four-year-old son has a speech delay and that, that has been re- resolving with treatment. And it was it was getting better before the pandemic, but has now gotten worse again. He doesn't make back of the throat sounds, so cookie uh, is tooty, <laughs> kind of cute, but you you want it resolved. Diane Paul uh, is with the American Speech Language Hearing Association and the National Professional Association representing speech therapists, and she says that referrals of children to speech therapy have increased since the pandemic began. But Paul adds, there is no studies to prove or disprove that this is due to the masking rather than, as she believes, the lingering effects of remote learning and other factors of the pandemic. Smiley is an audiologist, a hearing impairment specialist, and she's also with the ASHA. She says, quote, we all use visual input to help understand the message. Watching a speaker's lips and mouth, which are covered by mask, putting on a mask, you're you're also making the teacher's voice less loud. Well, the CDC guidance allows for the use of masks with clear plastic, then 
you know, interacting with people with, with hearing impairments, young, young children, um, those who are deaf or, or hard of hearing, those receiving speech therapy, students learning to read or those learning a new language. Uh, Smiley says she's found those pose problems. The material that it's made out of fogs up pretty easily. And she says that at least one study found that the plastic blocks even more sound than the cloth does. I don't think you need a study for that, but, you know, there it is. Like Spitzer, Smiley and Paul believe masking should continue as long as necessary for public health. But teachers should be aware of the limitations. They say masking challenges are real, but manageable with adjustments and improvements in communication for everyone. And I, <laughs> and to that I say masking is not necessary. It really isn't. It's not necessary. Masks can, can inhibit social interaction. Uh, for school-age children, Spitzer and, and others, um, it, it's the most concerning thing about masking that interferes with nonverbal communication and emotional bonding. Uh, Gonzalez says her students who are on the autism spectrum withdraw behind masks. They have almost uh, started adopting the mask as their face. This part of their identity, you know, it, it, it's a part of their identity. It's a part of their, their security blanket. It's almost like, um, like, like, like they, they it's, it's a part of them. Um, she, she says that she almost has to say, Hey, you are allowed to take it off right now. Um, like say if you're going to run the lap at PE or you're going into lunch to sit down, they, they want to, to eat a bite and then put it back on and eat a bite and then put it back on. Mothers of typically de developing um, children like Stephanie uh, Avazanian in, in, in Los Angeles are worrying about their kids too. They, they can never see their friends smile, she says. They can never see their friends frown. They're not developing empathy. It's it's taken six months for my fifth grader to make friends because it's so hard to tell what people are doing. For Spitzer, these potential problems with masking can be overcome for older children. For example, by saying, that's funny, to make up for the hiding of a smile. This can be compensated uh, to some extent, they, is, is what they're saying. I, I don't know. <laughs> You know what? What we could, what we could do is just have kids carry around little emoji cards, right? <laughs> we we could hold up the laughing emoji card when, when they think that something's funny. I mean, come on, it's, it's just ridiculous. But the younger children, he he doesn't support masks. Germany doesn't require masks for children under age six, and and he says, "quote When speech no longer happens, when." Communication is uh, interfered with. I think if that happens for a week, that's okay, he explains. But if that happens for half a year, well, that's, that's an eternity when it comes to brain development. At a very young age, this can be just devastating. He points out that COVID-19 is usually uh, mild in young children, but it is a critical period for development of those children. Balancing children's needs and the pandemic safety is what we really were looking at. A, a, a post-masking um, consensus 
well, maybe closer than it appears. In November, before the Omicron variant had emerged in, in much of the U.S., Randy Weingarten, who's the president of the American Federation of Teachers, and a real piece of work, if I may say so myself, <laughs> wrote a letter to the U.S. Education Secretary, uh, Miguel uh, uh, Corna, uh, who, um, who the, the CDC director um, was also included in this, the Rochelle Walensky, uh, asking for a, a mask, the masking off ramp is what they called for. Uh, and so in other words, a plan to try to get rid of masks. She said classroom teachers were reporting that the constant use of masks impeded the learning process and that parents have expressed dismay about their children's overall well-being after wearing a mask continually for well over a year and a half. AFT spokesperson Andrew Crook said that the National Teachers Union still supports a path away from school mask mandates. Quote, you can't do it right now because of Omicron. But yes, with a metric of guidance, you can have an off-ramp. Well, that was nice of them, wasn't it? <laughs> Danny Benjamin of the ABC Science Collaborative also believes that mask mandates can be safely relaxed post-surge, assuming high vaccination rates, get this, meaning 100% for adults and at least 70% for students. Any family that wants to protect their child should simply vaccinate their child. And at that point, the risk of COVID is essentially less than the risk of the flu, he says. Now, to that, I say if, if vaccination of 100% of adults and 70% of children is the point at which mass mandates can be lifted, then the mandates are a permanent thing. That's never going to happen. On January 25th, a group of physicians and scientists announced a national campaign to restore normalcy, as they put it, in children's lives by putting them first in line for the lifting of restrictions, including mass mandates, once the Omicron wave had subsided. Dr. Jean Noble, who directs COVID-19 response for the UCSF Emergency Department at the University of California, San Francisco, is part of the coalition. Kids don't need to be masks, full stop. They have minuscule risk of serious illness or death from COVID, she says. She is a, uh, and, and, and colleagues are suggesting that essentially vulnerable children continue to mask while other vaccinated children can safely go without. Our, our children don't need to be wearing masks, and they never have. If we just don't go to places that our kids have to wear masks, well, there have been a few times where places have tried their hardest to get our kids to wear one, but we don't ever allow it. There are many reasons for this, from the fact that those masks don't work to even if they did get, get COVID, no one would probably even know, as they are almost always asymptomatic. The point is, we are doing a lot of damage to children of this country by requiring them to wear masks than, than anything that, that we're saving them from when it comes to COVID. Let's, let's quit with the charade of mass mandates for kids and, and, and adults and, and start trying to repair the damage that has been done to this point. It, it will certainly be interesting to watch how the decisions that were made in this time will affect our society in the future. And I would submit, 
that we are already seeing some disturbing effects. Fast forward to today, in an article from Zachary Mettler of the Daily Citizen back on March 25th, many parents believe that mandatory mask policies at school have harmed their kids in what a new poll has found. 40% of parents believe that mask wearing harmed their kids overall scholastic experience. The new poll from Politico Harvard discovered that only 11% say that it helped their schooling, while nearly half of parents said masks did make no difference. Additionally, 46% of parents said they believe that mask wearing hurt their child's social learning and interactions, while another 39% said that mandatory masking affected their child's mental and emotional health. The poll was conducted from March 1st to March 7th and surveyed 478 parents whose children attend in-school learning. Robert Belden, or I'm sorry, Blendon, a professor of health policy and political analysis emeritus at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health said, even if I'm in a democratic state or district, I'd pay attention because there are a substantial number of independent parents who think the policy is hurting their children. The poll found that 52% of, of parents who are registered as independent voters said masks are unnecessary to keep their kids safe. Over the past few months, um, as reported, cases of COVID-19 have plummeted nationwide. Various school districts have lifted mandatory masking policies. However, um, other more liberal school districts have have kept mandatory masking for students in place. Uh, Many on the West Coast, uh, for example, have done, done so. In February, Washington, D.C. ended its indoor mask mandate for businesses, um, bars, strip clubs, restaurants, that type of thing. However, the city kept in place an indoor mask mandate for children in schools. Later, the city lifted the mandate but left the question up to the schools. So additionally, New York City has lifted its mask mandates for K-12 through students but kept it in place for children age 4 and under in schools citing the unavailability of vaccines for that age group. A a group of parents have filed a lawsuit, actually, against that policy. And one New York City parent said, quote, my four-year-old daughter's face remains covered, not seeing the smiles of her friends or teachers. Continuing to mask a two- to four-year-old is unnecessary and worse, deems real harm to their educational and social growth. It's widely known that the stand, that the, the chances of a child under age five dying from infection of COVID-19 is practically zero. Focus on the Family President Jim Daly recently wrote that when it comes to the mandatory masking of young students, enough is enough. Masks are supposed to help, but the children they actually but for children, they actually do more harm than good, is what he wrote. Quote, children are at the lowest risk of COVID. Even if they they contract it, they tend to get it over quickly. Uh, statistically speaking, and especially with regards to otherwise healthy children, they, they pretty much have 0% chance of dying from it. Now, t- taking off the mask represents 
both a symbolic and a scientific step in the right direction. It's time to reclaim what has been wrestled from us. It's between God and parents, not government, regarding how we are to you know, raise and, and manage the health of our children. We have been given by God a responsibility to raise our children. That is what, what we have when we have children. We have a responsibility for them and their well-being. And when the government interjects itself in between the parent and, and the child, in this case, for something that does not work, for something that, that, that is n- not of, of a harm to them, I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road. And we need to make sure that that doesn't happen. So, so as you can see, we, we've raised significant questions as to why we are requiring masks here on this podcast. We, we have raised significant questions and we have shown that this is not necessary. This is not something that is, is good. In fact, we, we are going to be seeing a lot of damage from from this type of thing happening and 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 requiring of these masks in children, and now it turns out that these things are harmful. We 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 see evidence that these things these mandates have been harmful. You, you may not think so. So let's have the conversation. Let's talk about this, and you can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.